Hello, my Hanyaks. Welcome back to the Rambling Viking podcast on this Friday. Hopefully you guys had a great week and are looking forward to the weekend. I know I've got a fun weekend. Going to have a jam-packed house. Going to be a good time. Going to go watch some state tournament basketball later tonight and then hopefully tomorrow. Uh, Shout out to the OCA boys for having an incredible run. It's not over yet. Let's get to the championship. So. A lot of fun. Also, the Edmund North team as well. You guys are doing great. Repeat. So, time for the annoying segments before we get going. Connor's book, next Wednesday, 99 cents. Let's get him to a number one bestseller. Uh, I believe it's something along the lines of start a business on a job. I don't know what the exact title is, but I'll, I'll be posting about it on the show. Hopefully, we'll have him on the show to talk about it very soon. It'll be a great time. You'll get the full lowdown, but go support a small business. Go support uh, something that will help small businesses in being an informative book. Help uh, everyone all around. So it's and it costs you ninety nine cents. I mean, come on, what what worthless things have you bought for ninety nine cents? I know I've got here. You know what? What's a good one that I bought for? <laughs> I don't know, ten or twelve ninety nine cent purchases. Dragonstones on a Dragon Ball Z phone game that I play. <laughs> And completely meaningless. It's a phone game. So I'm, I'm going to fork out some 99 cents to help him out. Bracket challenge. Link will be in the description of every episode until March Madness starts. We've got, we've got a number of brackets right now, but we're looking to get more. Still contemplating doing some kind of grand prize or something like that. So get excited. Go make up to three brackets. So for example... Callie, shout out to her. She's doing one based on the mascots, one based on the team colors, and then one more serious, you know, just like a straightforward bracket. And so that's fun, right? Because we can test all our different theories. I usually have my upset heavy bracket. I have my main bracket, and then I have just a wild card bracket. So we'll see. Maybe I'll flip a coin. Maybe that's what my third bracket will be. I will flip a coin for every matchup, and we'll fill out the bracket that way. Maybe I do a quick little. Oh, maybe I set up a little live stream video and we do it that way, right? That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, we'll think about it. Also, Blessings from Tragedy. Go follow that. Episode two is out now. It is the story of my friends, uh, the Craigs, and my classmate and childhood friend, Maddie, got pregnant our senior year of high school. Um, big, big scandal. And now 10 years telling her story of Working through that situation, and now 10 years later, they're married, have four kids, and she just, she finished law school last year, and just kind of bucked all the stereotypes regarding, oh, you got teen pregnancy, your life's over, you're never going to amount to anything, you can't go to college. She did all those things. Now, there were lots of factors that, you know, her family surrounded her, even though, you know, maybe it was, it, it, not maybe, even though it was a terrible, shameful act, and it you know revealed some some issues, um, personal issues that they had, especially the fact she was our headmaster's daughter, you know, big scandal, right? But it's it points back to the fact that nobody's safe, nobody's innocent. Everyone's everyone's dealing with something. Everyone's gonna mess up and screw up. And what's important is is that in light of that, her family, uh, friends. Shoot, even people at school, I remember feeling more sympathy than I did like, and, and, and not even feeling upset or judgmental, if anything, upset, sad, really, 
not upset. Yeah, I just said not upset, but like sad, almost sad and sympathetic to the situation. You know, kind of a little bit of denial of like, I can't believe this would happen. But then it was like, you know what? We, we want to we be friends. And so it was, it was kind of a perfect storm in that sense. But it goes to show you that it's up to, you know, you. And when you're around that situation to come to bring those people in who are, who are in those situations. Bring them in. Let them know, hey, you're loved. You're cared for. We're going to work. We're going to work, help you work through this. And so she had an awesome support system. Everyone in her friends and family and in her uh, now husband's friends and family. They all kind of came around those two and supported them. And he, and he, and he manned up, took responsibility. They got married. Now it wasn't like they just, it, this was a hookup either. And then, then, and then he was like, well, I got to marry this girl. Like they were seriously dating. So that was another foundational factor here, you know, cause that's two different scenarios, but great story. If you've probably already heard it, but uh, I'm sure you maybe know people who haven't heard it. So go ahead and share blessings, BFTs post and story and send and and direct people there who maybe would be interested in those stories but aren't interested in my ramblings so yeah all right next or that's that's it that's it for the for the annoying part so let's get into the real show got some good feedback shout out to connor in his busyness talking talking about shows and shows just devolving Going, going woke, becoming gay, you name it. I, you know, I really harped on Last of Us and Ghosts for just like, they just, it just seems to be super, super, and for lack of a better term, I just say super gay in the sense like, it's one of the central themes is homosexual relationship and doing that. And The Last of Us has two entire episodes dedicated to, one of them is just showing a gr- two grown men in a gay relationship. The other one is um, two young girls developing their lesbian relationship. And it's just, I get these are things in life, but it's so forced that it, it took away from the show completely. And it actually, the show suffered because of it. You can do a good show, build little side stories in like that. But when you make it the central piece, it's just not even, you're like, oh, this isn't a good show anymore. So I like what Connor said, his term for when shows do stuff like that, go off the rails, start trying to push one message or the other too hard. And, and, and in, in terms of fairness, I don't want shows, unless they're coming at you, like The Chosen, right? It's obviously Christian. It's about Jesus Christ. But other than that, it's like, I'm just as much a harsh critic of like cheesy, tacky Christian movies and shows that are like so heavy handed and like just these cliche Christian things that it, and it's like, it's, it's not a bad, and it's, it's a bad show because that was your first priority, not making a good show, building out Christian themes within that good show. Same is true. Same is true from my perspective. So, but I like what Connor said. He said, he calls it checking all the boxes when shows do stuff like this. And he's like, I'm, and, and his point was, he's all right. If a show wants to check all the boxes as, and he specifically as it relates to comedy, he goes, as long as the show's still actually funny and a little bit entertaining, I'll do it. But when the boxes being checked overtake the, com- the comedy or the entertainment of that show, he's out. And one example he had, he's a designated survivor. Apparently was really, really good. The first season and <laughs> the way he described it was apparently they wrote with nothing to lose in the first season. So they did all their, you know, they kind of used up all their ammunition and it's almost like they were ex- not expecting to get a season two. Then they did. Then it tanked. Then Netflix picked it up and wokeified it. So, or started checking all the boxes. I've never seen the show. I know of the show. I've seen the first episode when it first came out years ago. And so, 
I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch that. And he said, he told me, just watch the first season and leave it there. Which, on the note of, he said they kind of pulled out all the stops for the first season. How should you write a show? I think we, all, we can all agree, so many shows just go, go on for too long, get too drawn out, because Hollywood does this thing where they don't know when to stop wringing out the rag, and they just keep twisting, and then the rag starts to rip, your hands start to hurt, it's, it's wrung out, there's no more water to wring out, but they're trying to get every little drop of moisture that could be in there. And you look at it and you're like, dude, just stop. Oh, it, put it away. Go, go to the next one. And they can't do it. They can't do it. So I think <laughs> he, he made a side comment about, you know, maybe it was, it was almost like they were writing it to be a limited series. And then, and then someone was like, you know what? What if we did a season two? And I'm okay if there are more limited series where there's only one season, where there's only two seasons. There's several shows that I know, one more recently that actually came out with the second season, but years ago, just had one season. And I was like, that show is so good. I want more of it. I would rather be left wanting more of a show and not getting it and leaving on that high note, retiring Barry Sanders style, Shane, you get it, and then being... being slowly jaded and and pushed out of a show because it just gets just uninteresting and that's just that's my that's my personal preference but i think that's true for a lot of things and having worked in entertainment that's one of the mottos when it comes to uh, being an entertainer and stuff is like you always want to leave them wanting more you don't want to you don't want things to get stale and so I just, I don't know what to do about it. There's nothing you can do about it all the time. So it's just like, just know where the limit is and, and take that advice. I'm only going to watch the first season of Designated Survivor and treat it like a limited series and leave it at that. So I don't, so it doesn't get ruined for me. And to be honest, I think I'm, my wife and I would be coming to the end of our rope with the show Ghosts. Last couple of episodes just were kind of, eh. Like, I don't know. I, I, it's getting weird in season two, and maybe, maybe it's because they, they kind of ran out of stuff, but I feel like there's ton, plenty of storylines to go down. Sometimes the storylines that they choose, though, are so interesting to me. But, yeah, I want to know what you think about how should, how should a show write. I almost respect it more if they write with nothing to lose, like every season could be their last. So then they're doing big stuff. And now, unless it's, a, unless it's one of those things you go into, it's like, hey, this story is three, three seasons, 10 episodes, and, and you look at the big picture, and then you can plan, but, but knowing that, right? Knowing, hey, we've got a guaranteed three seasons, four seasons, because we have this overarching storyline that we want to get to, and so now we just have to sparse it up in those seasons. That's much different than, hey, we got this concept, and I, know, I don't know exactly how TV works, but I do know that at the very least, you know, it's like you have to get renewed and stuff, and so there's certain milestones and there is some unknown there but at the end of the day just being like all right we got three seasons uh, but we got to be good enough to get to that third season we only have one season guaranteed so let's write with reckless abandon i honestly like it like it and would love for someone to be like i think i think this show we should just end it right here and of course people are gonna say you should make a season two and there's always gonna be idiots that say that and don't understand that you're gonna make a season two and they'll get four episodes in and lose interest so that's just my two cents though i want to know what you think Next, my sister sent me a reel, Bear Grylls, walking along a cliff with some British dude, 
obviously doing some spot for some TV show or something like that. And I was like, huh, what is this about? And then it's Bear Grylls detailing how he is a freaking carnivore. I'll call him animal-based. How about we do that? Animal-based. And he goes, yeah, I eat a whole lot of eggs, steak every night. I eat some honey, fruit, um, you name it. And the guy's like, oh, so, 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 not, so not, I can't do a British accent, so not even vegetables. And Bear Grylls is like, no. Uh, you know, well, if you think about it, broccoli, <clears throat> you know, broccoli, is stuck in the ground. Oh gosh, I don't know what we're gonna keep rolling with this. All right, you tell me. I want I want to hear your breakdown of how my accent just devolves and 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 amoebas around from different country to region. Broccoli in the ground. It can't run anywhere. So what does it do? It produces defense chemicals, and sometimes that means you have to drink your own pee. Uh, not really, he didn't say that, but. Classic Bear Grylls meme. And I was like, so he makes the exact point that Paul Saladino, Carnivore MD himself, makes and, and lays out pretty well in his book and is kind of part of the whole thesis of why he's carnivore. Now, I, I, while, while carnivore is fun as a label, it really is animal-based because he eats a lot of fruit. Um, he eats, I mean, he does eat steak every night. Yeah, and the guy's like, don't you, doesn't, doesn't that concern you? He's like, what? He's like, he's like, doesn't that concern you that you're drinking, or drinking, that you're eating steak every night? Oh, I think I got Australian there at the end. Bear Grylls looks, no, not even a little bit. Um, steak every night is great. I think I'm almost more Australian here. You let me know. Oh, accents. You think you can do it. Like it works. It sounds, you do the, you do it in your head and then your mouth starts moving and it's just like, and you're like, what is happening? So I wish I could do more accent, your accents more clearly, do them a little bit better, but we're here. So shout out to based bear grills, doing animal based, my man, my legend. And if you want to trust anyone, trust a guy who's literally life is like around survival and you know he's done all these shows and stuff like that and taking all these celebs out running wild with bear grills and and so he looks at it looking at it through that lens is like yeah you can eat all this to survive and then and then i i feel like that would give you a more clear perspective on okay when it comes to survival here's what works right but then it but then through that survival training, you know what is optimal, right? Like, if I'm, I've been out surviving for two weeks on freaking plants and crickets and my own pay. I then, and then I come back and I need to replenish. What am I going for? Am I going for that kale salad? Or am I going for the big juicy steak? I'm going for the steak. And if you don't like those stereotypes, let's flip that script. Am I going for the kale salad? Nah. I'm hitting that big juicy steak just in case you like uh, non-traditional stereotypes or they bother you. Decided I'd give that to you both ways. It's, you're going for the steak. You're going for a ton of eggs. You're going for fruit because that is going to be the best for you to get you back to a state of proper nourishment. So shout out to Bear Grylls being super based. You can go to Instagram, check out that reel. I think I've shared it to my story. If not, I will share it to probably my personal story. I might send it to the podcast. I'll, I'll post it on the podcast story as well, but incredible. I was like, yo, I had no idea. Bear Grylls, my freaking man. Bear Grylls, which 
by the way, what are the odds? Talk about fulfilling a name. That's one thing that I am super nervous for when it comes to kids. Fulfilling your name, right? You think about like people, some people are named a certain thing and it's like, wow, you just really lived out that name. And back in the Dizay, you know, talking Bible, biblical times, it's like your name had a meaning and a purpose and was like almost a, a part of the destiny for your life, right? And, and it's crazy how it worked out that way in, in a lot of people's cases, you know, Jacob and things like that. Well, Bear Grylls to end up doing what he's doing, to be named freaking Bear. What are we? Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out that Bear does grill a lot of steaks. Oh, perfect. Next. We'll cover some quick local news. So just to, well, because we're going to cover a kind of a more important part of this an aspect of this, you know, fun. It's always fun playing politics. So the only non-binary, and I'm just simply, oh, the only non-binary legislator in uh, at the state capitol in the state of Oklahoma was censored, censured this week, uh, meaning kind of taken off committee, not allowed to speak, participate, can still attend because she harbored, hid, for lack of a better term, a fugitive. Now, I'm using that term very loosely, so stick with me here. Basically, a few weeks ago, a bunch of trans activists went to the Capitol to protest, you know, the, the, the trans legislation. It's going to stop, keep Oklahomans from being able to mutilate their kids, uh, chemically castrate their kids, and uh, make it, it... Now, there might be some steps too far in some of that, because like there, I think there was one bill or one aspect of one bill that was like not going to allow it at all for anyone, and I was like, I don't know about that, but look, you want to you talk about a starting point? Kids. No. Kids are off limits. You got to be a grown adult. But so they're, you know, protesting that. And I guess there was one unruly protester. And so they were going to get escorted out by the troopers at the Capitol. And then I think this person, uh, I think, I think they hit, maybe spit on. So assaulted and, and, and attacked the trooper, which anyone who's, anyone knows okay, you are now definitely getting arrested. You're definitely going to be charged with that crime. You're definitely going to, there's punishment now. You've, you, you've stepped across the law. You've gone from being like unruly and like, hey, you need to get out of here to, oh, you just really broke the law. You're getting arrested for sure. And so in, and then I guess they must've broke away and they ultimately got found in uh, Tur- Ms. Turner's office. And so then that's when the house committee was like, you're getting censored because, and then, and, and her, her, excuse reasoning for what for doing this was there's no safe space for these kinds of people my office is always a safe space i'm trying to provide a safe space for people who feel marginalized attacked whatever you may have you and i was like you know what i don't disagree with any of that but there's a line here that was crossed in you attacked a cop the law has been broken all right there's a difference between Oh, help, <laughs> help, I'm being oppressed. And, uh, and you're like, hey, come in here. You know, you know, someone shouting, shouting, you know, lewd terms, name calling and, and kind of accosting you and you being like, I need somewhere I can go to, to get away from this. And it's like, hey, you can, you can come in my office. This will be, we can, you know, we can, you can come in here to have a safe space. 
and there's there's difference between that and like, hey, I just attacked cop and they're looking for me. And you say, that's fine. I'll just keep you in here and won't tell anyone. It's like, no, 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 no. You are now you are now aiding and abetting. Now that's look, I'm using aggressive terms for this because I don't know all the legalese terms. So fugitive aiding aiding and abetting, very loose terms here. But yeah, and then of course, you know, she then deflects also and says, well, you know, there are people who have done much worse. And sadly so, since this has happened, there are some idiot Okies who are sending her very vile emails and messages and threats. And that's not warranted. That's also not warranted. Equally as bad. Don't like, I, I hate that almost even more. Because it's like, hey, you were in the wrong, shouldn't have done that. You should have been like, hey, I've got this person up in my office. And just been like, but don't come in here and brutalize, brutalize this person, whoever they are, whatever. And doing that, right? There's a difference between that and, and, and you're like, hey, you're wrong. And then you should say that was wrong because they had broken the law. Now, maybe, maybe I can warrant you didn't know. And maybe that's not the story you got. However, I'm sure if there's the troopers somewhere at the Capitol and they're looking for someone, they're going to put out word, email, memo, whatever text messages going out to all the reps and things and saying, hey, this person attacked a cop. We need him. So that's where I, that benefit of the doubt grew. It was very, very, very small and unlikely. But you should stop there, right? All those people who are sending her horrible things, you, you shouldn't then say, oh, you're, you know, God hates the gays and whatever, you know, and, 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 then, and then go and attack her. That doesn't, that doesn't do any good. It's silly. No. You can sit here like I'm doing and say, yo, that was wrong. And yeah, you may be right about people not, certain people not getting censored in the past. But, and we can't go back and change that. So maybe it's good to point that out. However, that doesn't mean that you, that doesn't make your case better for you not getting censored in this. Now, obviously the play is victim. It's because I'm non-binary. It's because I'm queer. It's because I'm Muslim. It's because I'm whatever, right? It's, it's, it's the intersectionality hierarchy here, which honestly, she's really at the top because it's a queer, non-binary Muslim woman. I mean, well, I guess you're non-binary. She's not a woman. Using they, them pronouns. Or, or yeah, I don't, I don't even know how to address that anymore. But you want, you want to talk about top. So that, and that's the hard part about this. It's like, oh, it's because I'm this. It's like, no, it's because you did a thing that was wrong. So own up to it. But, you know, that just brings up a good point on, on a couple different fronts. It's like, first and foremost, keep your head about you. Secondly, don't, when you, when you, when someone is in the wrong, don't then accost them and be an equally or be a worse person back to them. That's not okay. And let's not like, like those are two important lessons here that I think it's just like, okay, let's not. And then let's not try and play politics and excuses, which what, what can you expect? What can you expect? But that, yeah, that happened. I don't know if you heard about it. I don't I don't know if you care, but now you know, and you got it from me. So this was your potentially worthless news here on this lovely Friday on the Rambling Viking podcast. You are so welcome for that, where we bring you all the best nonsense three times a week. Let's ride. Next.
other slightly worthless, probably over over talked about news. So I've, I'm going to keep this one real short and sweet. All this new footage of January 6th proves maybe it wasn't a heinous insurrection after all. And maybe there's some more questions and answers here as far as, wait a minute. The Capitol Police were letting people in, escorting people around, especially that shaman dude. Hold on, you mean to tell me this? there are certain aspects of this that are very questionable and it might have been kind of a farce? Hmm. See Tucker Carlson for more. I'm not going to opine anymore. Just saw a headline, no need to read the article because the headline says it all Babylon B style. Zelensky, old president in the Ukraine, Got denied his request to be on the Oscars for a second year in a row. Hmm, so sorry, so sad. I, had, I heard someone mention, it's like, mention a, a kind of a, an interesting point and criticism around, you know, all the media and stuff that he does. Is they're like, so you're the president, your country's at war, you walk around in camo all the time, but then you have time to like go on the Oscars, go on Good Morning America, do all these like, media hits all the time it feels like personal interest maybe put above professional interest here when your country and your country your country's at war your countrymen are people are dying cities are burning being bombed i mean i get you're supposed to you need to have you are the face and you need to be out there and be putting media out there but like you know what's an appearance that the oscar is gonna do besides you get to be at the Oscars or digitally there. So I just thought that was funny. Nice little chuckle. <laughs> like, hey, bud, I think, um, you know, the longer this goes on, the more people are like, when you're like, ah, oh, we, we're still at war. Have me on, have me on. People are like, bro, this is starting to get weird. It starts to seem like you just want to do this for you. You got a country to protect, man. So. Well, it's interesting, too. I find some random clips from his, like, comedian actor days. There was this one. It was this. It was all censored, but it was, like, this them and a bunch of dudes, like, walking through, doing a music video, like, naked, and it's in whatever language, Ukrainian, whatever language, Russian, whatever they speak. And they're like, you're former president. I was like, look, I know our presidents may have been into some wild stuff. I mean, we have, like, Trump was maybe the craziest with being on The Apprentice. I guess Reagan was an actor, too, but I was like, this is a different level. This is, like... This is almost like if someone say like Sarah Silverman or, or, or Dave Chappelle like ran for president and you look back at the Chappelle show, but even that was like gold and or the creators of Rick and Morty. And you're looking back and it's like, before they were president, they did this. And it's like, huh? Interesting. Interesting political system we got over there. Next. Last but not least, been watching a lot of high school basketball this uh, last week and a half. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. A couple things. I wish there was a pass that I could pay 50 bucks for or something and just go to all the games all week. All the sessions, I should say, because there's like four games a session. Morning and evening. Instead of having to buy a ticket each and every time I go in. But fortunately, I haven't seen really any stall ball but of course it's been a topic at hand because i heard a story where last year a team lost who shouldn't have lost because stall ball starting at at the beginning of the third quarter and i probably mentioned this already before so i won't belabor it too much but stall ball is antithetical and unhelpful to the game the principles of competitive sports 
Like you name it, it goes against everything. It is degrading, and it, and of course, as Connor says, what's well, a win? Right. You're gaming the system through a technicality, which at different levels of this game has been eliminated via the shot clock, but it hasn't been implemented in high school basketball. And so people will still do it. Why do they implement the shot clock? Because it hurt the game. It's bad for the game. It's bad for the competitors overall. I think if you want to talk about building character, teaching principles, life lessons, it's bad in that sense because it, it, it basically puts in your head, find little loopholes everywhere. And look, I'm not against loopholes everywhere, but context definitely matters. But in like the context of like, Hey, I'm here to compete you versus me. And I find a way to just sit there and like kind of squirm or weasel. There you go. Weasel my way to a quote unquote victory. And technically one, it's like, I didn't beat you on the merits. You know, it's like a fighter gets in there and runs away the whole fight. And then it only gets a couple shots in, but is able to run away effectively and wins the fight. It's like, you didn't win that fight. I mean, you did. And I'm not talking about Floyd Mayweather because that dude, I wouldn't call it running away. He was a defensive fighter and he was, and he is arguably the best ever at it. And so it was still an aspect of fighting. It's like, look, I'm just going to get really good at not letting you hit me and I'm going to get my shots in. And to me, there's a difference between that and like someone actually actively running. And I think that's what stall ball is. And uh, talking to some coaches and some different people who are more in tune with you know, the, the off-season meetings, rule changes, stuff like that. The big hurdle to get over is they're saying it's way too expensive to get shot clocks at every school in Oklahoma. And so that's why we don't need a shot clock. That's why we're not going to do a shot clock. We had a game this year ending 4-2. to two. Fortunately, the team who was playing stall ball lost, but the game ended 4-2. to two. An entire high school basketball game. You know how miserable that is? I just think back to being a player. And if that was happening, like, I would just be like, coach, if I was, if I was, like, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play if I was on either team. And fortunately, I heard another story about it happened in the state tournament, like I said, to last year to this team that should have lost and then they ended up winning because they did that. And then the next year, rightly so, this coach had trouble getting film, uh, having other coaches cooperate and like be... Uh, cooperate with her because, and she couldn't figure out why. Well, it's because maybe everyone lost a bunch of respect for you for how you conducted yourself and your team. So it's graceful to you. It looks bad on you. You're only hurting the, the players that you're coaching. And look, it may be expensive. I, but I, I look at this and I'm like, it can't be more than like 10 grand a school. I, I think you could probably get it as cheap as just a few thousand dollars and you can get even if it's a rudimentary one that's like at the scorer's table or something, you could get shot clock built in. And, 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 and it's not hard to run it. You just one person just sit there, click a button. Most schools out there, the booster club, the parents, one sponsor, one corporate sponsor, if you were like, hey, Oklahoma's Im- implementing the shot clock, we need to buy a shot clock. That's like four or five parents band together and they can put, put together the money. And they can, they can get one for you. It's not that hard, really, personally. But fine, I'll even grant you that. But I had this wonderful idea. I said, okay, OSSA, if you guys say it's too expensive and you don't care to implement a shot clock, and I get this is more of a national conversation because high school doesn't have a shot clock. And because there's so many more high schools, you're right, it's hard to implement that. Fine. 
at the tournament, at the big game tournament level, so your state tournaments, your national tournaments, your tournament of champions, whatever, implement it. Because then, because they once state tournament comes, or and you could even do it at say regionals and area, because those are played at specific schools and they're and it's a little tournament style. So you could either bring in or just have certain schools that afford to get a shot clock and they use it for those tournaments. But taking it one degree away from that, state tournament comes around. You're playing, you know, in one arena and multiple days. That one is equipped. That well, the big house here in Oklahoma is already equipped for that. So what what should you do? Throw the shot clock up there. Make it a thing. And I've said 40 seconds. I think that's plenty of time. Now, the next few games I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna try and time time and see what the possessions come out to be and be like, all right, cool, boom, possession, you know, but, but 40 seconds feels like more than enough time to go down, run the offense. And if you get down to the, the last few seconds of that and it's like, oh geez, they are, you know, they're playing good defense. If you want to make it 45, I would even be all right if it was a minute, but having that, so you can't sit out there and run stall ball for two to three minutes. Because as a fan, seeing that happen, you're just like, no, like, I almost want to charge out on the court to stop the game. So they have to restart it to, at the hopes that and get kicked out so at the hopes that maybe my disruption would cause a disruption in their stall ball, <laughs> to, be, to be frank. But it just kills the whole spirit of the game, in my opinion. And, you, and, and it's not a convincing argument to say, but I, but I won. It's like, okay, smart Alec, but at what cost? If you have to compromise on the spirit of the game, compromise, um, if you want to call it on an ethical basis, on a, on a sportsmanship basis, because that's what I believe you're doing, on a competitive basis, cool. It's not worth it then. It's not worth it. Play the game. Compete. That is the name of the game. So that's me. That's my thoughts on it, but... Yeah, I think, okay, fine. I know you can afford to do shot clocks at the state tournament. Why don't we even do that? Well, they wouldn't, they're not used to a shot clock. And it's like, yeah, it's 40 seconds though. And, and you know what? All the, all the, a lot of these good kids, they're going to go to college next year. And what are they going to have? A shot clock. They're going to have to adjust anyways. I don't think it's too much to ask to say you're not, because in practice, you know what you can do? Coach can run, can run a clock on his phone at the end of the season. But I, I would bet you that most of the time, they're not, you're not going to see a ton of violations. You wouldn't see, quote unquote, a ton of shot clock violations. I'm going to do a little personal test at these games that I'm watching to see, to see how it pans out. And, and I just bet you that 40 seconds, and it might be, if it has to be more, if it has to be 45. Hey, shoot, if you even have to be, it has to be 60. Fine with me. Let's just do it, though. Let's just do it. And you might say, well, does it reset if it hits? Maybe. It, I, I think a full 60 and you can pull it out. Or if you want, you could get complicated it and do, do it like they do, you know, where it's, tw- you know, 24 seconds and then 14 if it, um, if a foul happens or something like that. Or if it, I think if it hits the rim, it's 14. But reset it completely. That's fine. You can reset the offense. You know what? Because then, then they're at least putting up a shot. And if they're getting the rebound, good on them. So maybe that's the way you can play stall ball, but I don't know. This is, this has been too, too long on this. So that'll do it for today's show real quick. I'm going to hit you with those annoying reminders before we get out of here. Connor's book next Wednesday, go buy it. 99 cents on Wednesday. Be on the lookout. He'll be on the podcast soon. The bracket challenge. 
for March Madness is happening. Selection Sunday is this Sunday. And then I think the tournament starts Wednesday, Thursday, something like that for first four. So get signed up after Selection Sunday. You got a couple days. Fill out your brackets. Do multiple brackets. Join the fun. It's the Hanyak Horde. Link is in the description. Password is Hanyak, all lower cat, lowercase. And make sure to go check out Blessings from Tragedy, episode two, talking about the Craigs building a life after their teen pregnancy. And make sure to follow that show, share that show around. If you already listened to that episode, maybe listen to it again. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly considering going and listening to it again because these are stories that can, be, can serve as good reminders. A lot of these are like, ah, and, and it's not like this episode where it's like, you probably should only listen to this once. If you listen to this multiple times, you might, you might have a mental problem. Like you, this show is not that good, but <laughs> hey, if you want to give me more listens, I'm not going to stop you, but Maybe it means you should be on the show because you got you got a lot going on in your brain. But let me know your thoughts on anything, everything we talked about today. What are some shows that started checking all the boxes a little too hard and got ruined for you? And should shows, how should shows write in general? Should they write with reckless abandon or should there be a little bit more strategery going on? But let me know what you think. Let me know your thoughts on anything we talked about today. That'll do it for me. That'll do it for the show. Be sure to do all the things. Follow us on social media. Follow Blessings from Tragedy. Share the show around. Let's grow the Hanyak Horde. Thank you all for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. That'll do it for me. That'll do it for this episode of the Rambling Viking Podcast. This is your head Hanyak signing off for the weekend.